0: And I said to the kid, I said, you're my hero for not doing anything. And that was the first time that I realized that I had actually forgiven myself for what had happened. You know, it was just a really profound uh, moment in my life that helped me understand what forgiveness, you know, really was.
1: Welcome to the Pave Your Paradise Podcast. I'm Mandy Ross, international media personality, speaker, writer, life cheerleader, and coach. Each episode, I'll share a guest or an idea to help you blast through your limiting beliefs, nourish your soul, and connect with yourself to take your relationships, health, business, and life to a next level. We don't play small. We're meant for great things. We take our struggles and turn them into slam dunk successes. This is the place for you to create your best you so you can pave your personal path to paradise. Are you with me? Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in to Pave Your Paradise podcast. I feel happy and grateful to have you joining me. If you're new here, I'm Mandy Ross, host of this amazing space for you to uplevel your relationships, your health, your business, and your life. And I'd love to know how you're feeling today. What's on your heart and mind? Send me what has you feeling stuck and what topics you want me to cover on the podcast and also which episodes you absolutely love. I create these episodes to try and help you guys, so I'd love your feedback. Please let me know by sharing on your posts and stories and tagging me at Mandy J. Ross and at Pave Your Paradise. I feel excited to have a Patreon page and feel thrilled to serve you even more through it. If you want tips, techniques, and tools for your personal development toolbox to connect with me for online yoga, meditation, and coaching, plus be supporting my mission to uplift others through my podcast, YouTube videos, and content, please visit www.patreon.com slash Ross. Boom! And now I feel thrilled to feature a very special guest, Theo Fleury. Theo is an NHL Stanley Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, World Cup junior champion, and expert in the field of relational trauma. Many of you have reached out about relationships, trauma, and how to be a champion in your life, and I'm so happy to bring you a leading expert on these. And y'all know how passionate I feel about radical transformation and being your own life cheerleader. Theo Fleury is best known for his time on the ice, but off the rink, his life once carried the markings of a troubled childhood, abuse, and coping with emotional pain through addictive and self-destructive behaviors. Today, Theo defines himself as a victor over trauma and addiction and a facilitator to those still trying to find their way. He has two best-selling books, Playing with Fire and Conversations with a Rattlesnake. He has been awarded the Canadian Humanitarian Award and the Queen's Jubilee Medallion. He also holds two honorary doctorates. Theo is now a healthy, motivational, and successful agent of change. He's skillfully adept at inviting audience self-reflection during his many speaking events by creating safe environments for guests to share their own Me Too experiences. Without controversy or blame, Theo focuses on helping and leading others down a path of healing. Theo resides in Calgary, Alberta, and is a husband and father. So, Theo is an NHL legend and Stanley Cup champ, entrepreneur, a relational trauma expert, speaker, humanitarian, and so much more. We connected originally in Vancouver a number of years ago when I interviewed him on camera for an NHL segment. Our interaction left me feeling intrigued as he was making a name for himself in the world of self-development and I had a hunch it wouldn't be the last time we would cross paths. Watching his journey and transformation into the catalyst of positive change, hope, and inspiration he is today, I knew I had to have him on the show for you. Because of his background and own personal journey of continually and successfully reinventing and evolving himself, he's full of insight and inspiration. He's someone who I completely appreciate and respect for what he's creating in this world. His approach to life and words of wisdom are powerfully impactful, so I had to share him with you. I want to continue bringing on expert guests that will help you, inspire you, and empower you, and Theo Fleury is a breathing, living, walking example of paving your own path to paradise. We dive deep in this episode on his journey of being a victim to victor over his childhood abuse, trauma, and addictions, his transition out of pro hockey and reinventing himself time and time again, how you can radically change your life by adopting a few simple habits, learning to surrender and to forgive, the importance of connection and conversation for transformation, how to turn your personal pain into purposeful power living authentically, unapologetically, and creating your own path to freedom, and so many other inspiring topics. So I hope you all enjoy this interview as much as I did with Theo Fleury. All right, everyone, I am so excited to have NHL legend Theo Fleury joining me on Pave Your Paradise podcast today. Theo, how are you feeling today?
0: Well, pretty good considering what's going on in the world right now, you know.
1: Let's dive into that topic. How are you feeling with what what is going on in the world this uh, (laughs) this pandemic we're dealing with right now? How are you processing this all?
0: Well it's uh, you know it's uh, it's an interesting time to I guess be alive in the world and uh, um, you know my wife and I started self-isolating you know last week already so you know we're just trying to watch as much of uh, the updates as we can and uh you know wash your hands and uh you know just stay away from as many people as you can
1: Absolutely and you are definitely uh, no No stranger to things being thrown at you in your life. Uh, Let's dive into some of these things. So just for anyone listening out there, you know, you played in the NHL for 14 years. For 11 of those, you were on the Calgary Flames. You're Stanley Cup champion, which was the first for Calgary. Olympic gold medalist, World Cup junior champ. You are also author of the best-selling book, Play With Fire country musician, entrepreneur, I mean, you've you've obviously best been known for your time on the ice, but you have now transformed all of your experiences in your lifetime with trauma and addiction to now be a motivational speaker and facilitator for those trying to find their way and an expert in the field of relational trauma. And I mean, watching and knowing of your journey, Theo, I mean, it, it feels like to me as though you've lived. 10 different lifetimes in such a short amount of time on this planet and now to have evolved and and transformed really into this catalyst of positive change and hope and inspiration and help. It is honestly such an absolute pleasure to have you joining me on this show.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, when I left the game, I wanted to get as far away from the game as possible because I thought that I could maybe have a bigger impact you know, after playing the game and, uh, you know, obviously I had some issues at the end of my career, which basically, uh, you know, took me out of the game and, uh, you know, from there I was able to, you know, find the courage and the strength to, you know, to write the book playing with fire. And then, and then, you know, going out on this book tour with, uh, very little expectation. I didn't think anybody was gonna, you know, read the book. But, you know, what I quickly discovered was um, that what happened to me isn't uncommon.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it is actually the human experience. And so, you know, I I went across Canada and, uh, you know, 5, 10, 20 people were coming up at every book signing saying, Hey, man, I read your book. And, you know, you told my story, me too. Mm. And, you know, and so that was 2009 it's 2020 now. And that hasn't stopped. And I I actually think that it's gotten, you know, more robust and more people are finding the courage and the strength to, uh, speak, you know, these words, uh, that they've held very tightly to their chest for many, many years. And, uh, you Know it's allowed them to choose a path of healing and uh and get on a path of healing, and uh, you know, I've been that person that uh uh has been there uh for these people and and allowed them to uh you know get rid of these uh these secrets that they've been carrying around, so it's been uh it was totally unexpected. I, mm-hmm. I know, I you know, all I was trying to do is you know, tell my story so that I could move on with the rest of my life. But um, what happened was, is, you know, I was sort of plunked into this uh, epidemic. And, uh, you know, it's been, like I said, it's been rewarding. It's been inspiring. It's been, you know, incredible to be that person that people seek out that uh, the need to get this stuff off their chest.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, you are just uh, so full of so much wisdom. And there's so many things that I'd love to discuss with you today on the show. Because first and foremost, I just I love your philosophy around connection plus conversation equals personal transformation. I'm the same in in feeling that way as though communication and connection, those two, when you put those together, that really can lead to such personal Transformation. So I want to talk about that. Now, I just want to say for the record, I came up with a name for you. <laughs> I think, Theo, you are the king of evolutionary experiences. <laughs> well,
0: I, uh, I appreciate that, but it was not planned, let me tell you. You know, it was, it was, uh, I think it was very selfish at the beginning, you know, yeah. that, that uh, um, And I thought that I was going to, you know, move past this and, you know, do something completely different. Um, but, but what happened is, you know, I, I really found the true purpose for my life and that was to, you know, be this (laughs) agent of change and, uh, and, uh, you know, just talk about things that are difficult to talk about that we, we don't necessarily, uh, want to talk about and and uh and the reason why it is at such epidemic proportions is that you know we have not created a safe space in society yet where we can you know openly talk about these things and that's why we see Mm. mental health uh still has so much stigma attached to it and and you know what i find interesting is you know we have the highest awareness in the history of of our planet around, you know, mental illness and all that stuff. But on the other side of the coin, you know, we have the highest suicide rates in the history of our planet. And so why isn't all this awareness being turned into action and getting people well? Well, it's because we haven't created the safe space. And I think that, and, and the safe space is allowing people to, disclose uh, to the world that they have some sort of trauma history, uh, you know, in their, in their timeline.
1: Yeah, I've seen this too, like being that, you know, I definitely work in different industries, one being the self development world. And I agree, I think there's, Uh, such a need right now for allowing those safe spaces where people can openly share and literally speak up and open up because that process in itself. And I I'm speaking personally now from my own experience, just being able to share your story is so powerful in the healing journey.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the, the most essential thing that, um, you know, when you put a voice to your pain and suffering, it's no longer, you know, Trapped in your body, it's no longer trapped in your DNA. It's no more. It's no longer trapped Mm. in your in your cells, and it's like a huge weight.
1: It's such a weight, right? Lift off of you. Yeah,
0: because you know I'm 52 years old, and I grew up in the old military school of uh, you know teaching and coaching and stuff, and so you know that that no longer works anymore, and Mm -hmm. so all of us who grew up in the second up era are now the ones who are struggling the most with, you know, all of these things, mental illness and addiction issues and all that is because we weren't allowed to talk about sadness and, you know, fear and, you know, all these things. And so, you know, that's the safe space that I'm talking about creating is that, you know, we got to be able to, talk about whatever we want and you know social media has not been very friendly to uh creating relationship and 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 so you know i call it social insanity not social
1: media Mm -hmm. why is that like what can you explain why like where the reasoning behind that name comes from
0: well I, i grew up on the prairies and so every single home had a pot of coffee or a bottle of whiskey on the table where you could just show up unannounced and you know sit around and, and have these incredible conversations and that doesn't happen anymore.
1: Mm.
0: And 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 to me, the most effective and cheapest type of therapy on the planet is group therapy. Mm. And when you get a bunch of people in a room and you use vulnerability to create safety and then once you have safety in the room, that's when the magic of healing happens. It's, it's not rocket science. It's very basic relationship stuff.
1: Absolutely. The power, again, I always, I'm, you and I are so in tune in that way, the power of connection and conversation. I mean, that's actually how you and I originally met just for those people listening out there who are wondering, I actually met you, I think it was actually about 10 years ago when um, I just had started my, my TV career and I got to interview you and there was something about your energy that really stood out to me. Um, And I think it had been, yeah, that would have that would make sense time-wise too. It was a little bit after you had published uh your book and Mm -hmm. uh, i just remember getting this sense of like okay there's something far far beyond the surface with this guy i need to dive into (laughs) and we didn't have the chance during that tv interview but lo and behold a number of years later we get to connect and now you're doing such profound work in the world even more so than back then so i'm really happy that we get to to share with everyone what you've been up to yeah you're such a server you're such a beautiful spirit on this planet who gives so much. So I want people to actually get to know you a little bit more too personally to connect with you through communication. Mm -hmm. Theo, what was the first thing you did when you woke up this morning?
0: What did I do? Oh, I went to to laser therapy. So I did some self-care today for myself. So because of my hockey career, Mm -hmm. I have all of these lingering injuries from, you know, playing the way that I played. And so I've had a lot of um issues physically over the last probably three three years I guess
1: Mm.
0: and you know the the healing process is a three-step process right it's physical emotional and spiritual and so you know I I worked on the emotional part first then I sort of transitioned into spirituality the second part and sort of neglected my physical being and so You know, the last three years, my physical body has been saying, hey, like, you know, what about, you know, what about this vessel that you live in? And and so, you know, I really spent a lot of time in the last probably year uh, trying to, you know, get my physical being. Uh, up to par with uh, the emotional and spiritual stuff.
1: Well, speaking of that, what are some of the daily habits then that you swear by for success? That could be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual. Mm.
0: Yeah, I have a daily routine. Uh, you know, probably the first thing I do when I wake up is I I pray and meditate, uh, start my day, and then uh, you know I grab a coffee, and then. You know, go about my day doing, you know, I do tons of these podcasts. Uh, I have my own podcast. And then obviously I am, you know, traveling once a week to speak to some group, uh, you know, somewhere in North America.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I've seen the ramp up of that throughout the years And I mean, obviously not when we're, when we're recording this podcast, you're not doing any traveling right now, (laughs) hopefully soon again, hopefully soon again. I'm I'm really curious to you, what gets you up in the morning aside from work? Like what, what is that fire within you that really gets you to jump out of bed?
0: Mm. Uh, let's see. So September 18th of 2005, uh, I hit my knees in a washroom and I surrendered And that was the last day I had a drink or a drug. And, you know, from that moment that I surrendered, you know, I was working towards uh, not only healing, but I was also working towards purpose. And, And so what I discovered is that, you know, my purpose is to try and help one person every single day you know uh get on a path of healing some way somehow and so you know that's that's ultimately what gets me out of bed every day is is looking for that one opportunity to help somebody you know choose that that new path
1: wow i love that you just shared that oh man what an amazing intentionality to start like every single person listening out there if every single one of us had that intention at the beginning of our day to just change or to help one person that they come across, whether it's on social media or in person, I mean, our world would be a different place too.
0: Ultimately, you know, why, why are you here? Right. That's, that's the question. Why? And, you know, when I look at, when I look back at my life, you know, um, I look at my parents who, you know, both struggled with addiction as a kid and me growing up didn't, didn't even know, you know, that I, that was my first sort of traumatic experience. Right.
1: And then mm-hmm. trying to
0: make sense of that and then trying to make sense of my sexual abuse. Right. And what I discovered mm-hmm. was, you know, these mm-hmm. certain events that happen in your life prepare you for something bigger down the road. And so, you know, I see my parents as a gift. I see my abuser as a gift because without those experiences, you know, I'm not talking to you today, Mandy, about this subject, because if I don't have the experience, you know, I, I can't really talk about it. And so, so when you make sense of, you know, why did I go through all this pain and suffering? Why did I, why did this happen to me? And, and, and then once you start, uh, start unpacking and peeling the layers of the onion off and you realize that, you know, pain, whether that's emotional, physical, spiritual, whatever you want to call it, that pain is always a great motivator for change. And I always advise people when you're in pain, that's the universe telling you that this is an opportunity for you to grow. This is an opportunity for you to learn something from you know this pain and suffering that we're experiencing
1: oh definitely there's so much that you just said that i can resonate with and i'm sure people listening out there can as well i mean i i think the majority of people have not been absent of some sort of trauma especially in their childhoods and you know myself i could really resonate with you into today's modern time you know my both of my parents are two of my best friends but growing up, they both did struggle with addictions at different times. So for me to have to process that, as you had talked about as well, you know, to make sense of that at the time, obviously I, I didn't understand what was going on when I was so young. But now looking back and reflecting on it, I realized those things happened for, not two. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big differentiating factor in being able to grow yeah. in life. Like if you can distinctly say this happened for my evolution rather than this happened to me as a victim, mm-hmm. then you actually are more in control and you take power yeah, back. And
0: that's, and that's the process, right? Is that, you know, once you get your power back, once you understand, you know, then the world becomes your oyster. And ultimately, you know, why are we here? Well, I we weren't put on this earth to suffer in silence. We were put on this earth to, in relationship with one another and help each other get through the most difficult times in our life and so um you know we have a a a huge lack of compassion in the world you know we we we're always so quick to judge and so quick to point the finger but you know what what you don't realize is you're outing yourself when you do that because you know when you're pointing the finger at somebody else You know, that means that I don't really want to look at myself and it's easy for me to judge you than it is for me to unpack my own trauma history and and understand why I'm being triggered by your behavior.
1: You are so wise. You are so wise. I love it. It's really beautiful to hear you uh, be able to share so openly and candidly because I think so many people are living in fear of sharing their story. So first off, just thank you for your courage to be able to share so openly with everyone. And for those who might not know, I know I I said kind of the highlight version of what you've accomplished in your life, which is nothing short of just, uh, you know, amazing to say the least. Uh, if you would just share a little bit about your background and your story with my audience mm. just coming from your perspective anything you want to share yeah
0: well like I mentioned earlier you know I uh, I grew up in a home where uh, both my parents experienced childhood trauma in their life and then that manifested itself into addiction as adults my dad was a alcoholic and my mom was a prescription pill addict and so I grew up in you know, chaos and violence and, you know, just, uh, it was insane pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then, you know, um, as a very young child, uh, I discovered hockey as an escape from not having to be, you know, in that situation, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, I basically lived at the rink, uh, you know, the majority of my childhood or a baseball field or a gymnasium or whatever it was. And, and so, you know, I became this phenom hockey player and, you know, as I was getting older, you know, scouts would come to watch me play. And when I was 14, I was a part of the the very first Bantam draft that was held in the, uh, in the Western Hockey League. And I was picked in the second round by the Winnipeg Warriors who are now the Moose Jaw Warriors. And uh, and so the summer after I was drafted, the guy that drafted me came to my house and, you know, basically told my parents that I needed better coaching, better competition and, you know, uh, probably be a good idea uh, that I moved to Winnipeg. And, and so my parents obviously knew what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be. And so they didn't hold me back and, Needless to say, that decision and choice would change me for the rest of my life because over the next two and a half years, this coach and this scout that drafted me, uh, he raped me 150 times over a two and a half year period. And so, you know, what I was left with was a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. And so I, you know, I carried this secret around uh, for a long time. And and it wasn't too long after that that I found, you know, alcohol, drugs, and you know, gambling, and sex, and food addiction as a way of coping with this, you know, emotional pain that was left behind from these two experiences, and and uh, and you know, what we know about addiction is your addiction never gets better. It gets worse and worse and worse. And then you start adding, you know, hard drugs and, you know, all kinds of other things. And then eventually, you know, you get to that place where you got to make a choice and you got to make a decision. And, you know, 16 years ago, I had a fully loaded pistol in my mouth ready to pull the trigger and, end my life, not because I wanted to die, but because I was exhausted from living in emotional pain and suffering. And, had tried everything on the planet to get rid of this uh, feeling. And uh, and then September 18, 2005, like I said, I surrendered and turned my will and my life over to the care of the universe. And uh, and that started this whole amazing journey of, uh, you know, self-reflection and, uh, and uh, healing and uh, all these amazing things that have happened in my life post-hockey career.
1: Oh man, Theo, I just want to say bless you and bless your heart and soul for just sharing that it, it really pays to be brave and you are such, such a bright light on this planet for everyone listening out there. I'm sure we're all feeling the same vibration. You're such a a high vibing soul and for you to be able to share your story again, so openly after what you've gone through and growing through it really is a miracle. <laughs> it really is a miracle.
0: Well and, and you know when I when I talk about surrender, you know, that's part of the process is what I realized was I can't I can't do this by myself. You can't do this by yourself. Nobody can do this by their, by their by themselves. Yeah. Because You know, I always say, left to my own defenses, left to me running my own life is the biggest shit show on the planet when I'm running my own life. And when I'm driving, and when I'm driving the bus, the bus always crashes. And so, September 18th, 2005, I got into the passenger seat and I gave up that control and I turned it over to something, you know, greater than myself. And the day that I did that, my life changed immediately because I was, uh, you know, I, I finally had trust. I finally had, um, you know, all these things that uh, as a kid, I was, I was taught not to trust. I was, you know, and all these things and, you know, abandonment and not good enough and not lovable. You know, these things became, you know, part of my DNA and part of how I felt about myself. And so, you know, I really had to sit down and, and have a relationship with myself for the very first time in my life. And so, and, and, you know, what I always tell people is, you know, after my abuser left my life, you know, I took over the abuse of myself because, you know, I always felt abandoned and I didn't feel good enough and I didn't feel lovable. And so I had to change and rewire you know, my brain. And the only way you can do that is, you know, by, you know, putting a full stop to all these coping mechanisms and then really take a look at, at yourself in the mirror and say, you know, I'm better than this and I'm better than what I'm showing the world and I need to make changes. And, and, you know, uh, those changes were slow and they were part of the process because you know baby steps are way more important than leaps and bounds and so you know that that has been the process is that you know I do like myself I do take care of myself you know I have amazing friendships I have amazing relationships in my life now that you know I didn't have before because you know, I, I always went into every relationship holding two fists up in the air because, you know, I was afraid and, and I didn't want to get hurt again. And so I've been able to, you know, sort of sift through all these uh, things in my life and get to a place of, you know, peace and joy and happiness and love and, you know, all these things that, that, uh, you know, are really important that, you know, before I was just basically surviving and, and numbing out, you know, the emotional pain and and really wasn't living up to my full potential. uh, uh, And the real reason, I guess, you know, that I was put on this planet and why I had those experiences
1: is because I had to figure it out. Yeah, seriously, king of evolutionary experiences. (laughs) I'm going to keep calling you that because really everything you just shared there. Oh, there's so much I want to dive into even deeper. But one thing that you said, I think, I've never heard anyone articulate it like that, but it's so beautifully said by you, which was once your abuser left the, the picture, you then took over being the abuser to yourself. And to make that connection alone is so profound in someone's healing journey. Because for most people, it is really that, that pattern, right? Like they go from being the victim and then they actually start, they, they turn to these numbing things, they turn to these distractions outside of themselves to, and usually it's very abusive towards themselves. So it, it's like to actually be able to step outside of yourself for that, to be able to be aware of that in the first place, I mean, that's a huge, huge shift in consciousness in your own healing journey yeah. and process.
0: No, no question. And then you know then you need to allow the universe to now present these lessons in your life because you're no longer uh numbed out you're actually present and you're actually attuned you know to your surroundings as opposed to running away from them constantly day in and day out and so you know once you you know do that surrender process then that allows the universe now to Present these lessons that you uh, essentially need to learn, so that you can, you know, fully embrace them and and fully embrace who you are, you know, as a human being, so that you can, you know, move forward and not live constantly and continuously, you know, in your trauma.
1: And totally. Another, and, and another totally. Thing, And
0: another thing about addictions is, is I hate the word addiction because it mm-hmm. has so much shame attached to it, right? You know, I've changed the word addiction to something else. I call it emotional pain management is what it is.
1: Ooh, emotional pain management. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it. Like I just even feel the energy around that. It's such a, a more appropriate term for that.
0: Yeah, because it allows you to look at that person in a different is that, you know they're they're not a screw-up they're not you know what i mean like they're in pain mm-hmm. that person is in pain and they're suffering
1: well it's like the it's like the adage that goes hurt people hurt people yeah yeah absolutely you know and i know like i consider myself a life cheerleader people always hear me you know everyone listening out there right now knows i call myself a life cheerleader but it really goes back to being your own life cheerleader like when you're describing that story you of your personal journey and you know the the tragedy to triumphs that you experience you had to ultimately be your own cheerleader
0: yeah absolutely like you, and and for those of us who've experienced trauma that's a really really hard process to articulate and to embrace is because you know we don't know when the next time it is that somebody is going to traumatize us. And so that, you know, once we, you know, break through that wall and realize that we are in control of, you know, these people in our life by setting healthy boundaries.
1: You You said one of my favorite B words. Yes. (laughs) Boundaries.
0: Yeah. It's really, it, it truly is a process. And yes, you know, you cannot be hard on yourself when you're in, in healing, right. You know, some days you're going to feel amazing with the pink clouds, the unicorns, the rainbows, all that stuff. But, you know, eventually, uh, you know, that's going to go away. And then you're going to have another lesson in front of you that you need to learn from. And so, you know, I always tell people, you know, patience, patience, Patience in the healing process is probably, you know, the greatest virtue that you can have is that, you know, this isn't going to happen overnight. Yes. That, that, uh, you know, heal, you know, I always say to people, I'm in therapy for the rest of my life.
1: Yes. That's a, that's a really beautiful way to look at it. You know,
0: and I'm completely okay with that because every time I go into a therapeutic process, I get better. Oh my God, what a concept, you know?
1: But we've Completely. Been, but,
0: but we've been taught that you know there is this you know this magic pill that we can take that you know makes everything go away. Well, no, that's just a band aid solution. You know that uh, yeah is a is a temporary relief. But yes. Event- but eventually, you know, you got to get to uh, the root and the core and the cause of your pain and suffering. And, and, uh, you know, I'm big proponent for holistic healing when it comes to, you know, mental health issues.
1: Yes. And what do you, so when you say like holistic, like what, what, what does that mean for people listening out there? What would that look like to you?
0: (laughs) Well, it's, it's about relationship, right? You know, is that the more, uh, brave we are, uh, putting ourselves in uh, healthy and healing relationships,
1: you know, and being vulnerable, you mean? Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: that's how we heal, right? And so, whether that's you know your yoga master, or you know you you do some breathing, or you do some meditation, or exercise, or eating well, or you know whatever it is, you know you choose. Um, not every, not all this works for everybody, but, you know.
1: Uh, I like to think of them all as, like, having them in a toolbox of healing yeah. techniques, he, you know. Yeah. And each person, their toolbox is going to be filled with different tools.
0: Yeah. And so, when it comes to general, you know, mental health stuff, you know, like, general anxiety, general depression, all that stuff. That you, you don't need, you know, to to take synthetic brain chemistry to help you. You know, there's lots of different ways to produce your own, uh, amazing brain chemistry that's going to help you, uh, you know, when you're depressed or when you're anxious or, you know, whatever it is you're facing, you know, there's, there's lots of really cool practices out there that, that will help you alleviate some of that. And then the more that you do them, you know, the more it becomes part of your, uh, chemistry, your DNA, all that stuff. And then, you know. I used to, I used to have 20, uh, let's say I used to have hour long panic attacks. Right now. Now they're 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing that people, (laughs) there's two things of everything you said that I really want to touch on, because I think they're so important for people to hear out there. One is the concept of even though like i would consider you and i it sounds like anyways and just knowing your story and all the different like we're talking about healing right now i know i've done so many different techniques out there on healing and i've evolved over the years as i know you have as well and i think for people to listen who are listening out there to know that you might be really really far and you've grown so much on your healing journey but you're still you're still going to be in situations where you have to be vulnerable and you're going to, you know, have downtimes and you're going to trip up and things are going to happen that aren't ideal and to not get stuck on those times and to be able to have compassion first and foremost for yourself, to not let that, that one thing that happens spiral you all the way back to ground zero.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, so that's why, you know, I say <clears throat> patience is.
1: Patience
0: is important because, you know, like I said, healing is for the rest of your life. It's not.
1: It's not like like a staircase. It's not like you just go one step and then you're there forever. And then the next step and.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're in relationship, you you know, not all relationships are going to be, you know, great. But the reason why that person comes into your life is because there's something in you that they have that you need to learn from.
1: Totally. I love your philosophy because it's, I mean, it really is the same when you, you think about it. Like, I always like to think, and maybe you're the same way I feel like you would be with what you just said, is just every person, every situation, everything that comes up in your life is happening for you in order for you to evolve to a higher version of yourself.
0: Yes. There's no question. Like, when I speak to young coaches all the time, I always say to them, your job and your role is to learn more from the kids that you're teaching than you can teach them because that gets the ego out of the way and it gets you on their level. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And- children are honestly some of the best teachers at <laughs> yeah, the most common absolutely. basic things in life. I think children mm-hmm. and I also think animals, <laughs> I think yeah. those two can be some of the greatest teachers
0: there's no question. And I'll tell you a great story. So as I was writing the second book, um, I wrote it with a lady named Kim Barthel and she's a neuroscientist. And, uh, early on in the process of our relationship, she asked me how I felt about forgiveness. And, you know, I quickly was, uh, you know, saying no, I don't want to go down that road. Why do I go down? Why do I need to go down that road? You know, all this stuff and she said stop right there. She goes forgiveness is not an action. It's a feeling and she said all I want you to do is think about forgiveness. And I was like, okay, I can think about that. That's it's easy to do. I I can think about forgiveness. So what was it about? Nine years ago, or maybe less, maybe less than that. Anyways, we set this intention that we wanted to start to go work in the prison system in Canada. And so that has come to fruition. And I've been to 25 uh, different prisons. So we show up one day at a place called Stony Mountain Penitentiary, which is an hour outside of Winnipeg. And it is a maximum, medium and minimum security prison. And so we're in there and we have 400 of the baddest dudes on the planet in our audience. Murderers, rapists, child molesters, bank robbers, you know, you name it. They're all in our audience. And, you know, what I quickly realized is that, you know, I have 15 layers of trauma in my history. And these guys have like 40, 50, 60, 70 layers of trauma in their story. Yeah. And so we're having this amazing conversation, uh, with these, you know, inmates. And so I, I look out into the audience and I look and there's a guy sitting way in the back of the room, like last row. And he can't even sit in his chair. He's so fired up. So I call on him and the kid stands up and he looks exactly like Eminem, the rapper, So he's got the flat beat cap and tattoos from his neck all the way down to his feet. You know, he's got that sort of hip hop vibe and he's kind of this cool dude. And so the first thing out of his mouth, he says, uh, Theo Fleury says, you're my hero. And I was like, wow, you know, like we're in prison here. This is kind of interesting. And so he says, as you can see, he says, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. And he said, I used to be a really great hockey player. And he said, when I was 14 years old, I got involved with the wrong crowd. I started selling drugs. And he said, I've been in and out of, in and out of jail ever since. And then he says, you'll never guess who I was with three weeks ago in Grand Cache, Alberta. I go, I don't know. Who were you with? And he said, I was with Graham James, the guy that abused me. Wow. He was in jail. He was in jail with my abuser. And he said, "Theo free because you're my hero. He said, my sole intent while I was in that prison was I was going to beat the shit out of this guy for you. But he said, Graham is very heavily guarded because everybody wants to beat the shit out of this guy. So he said, yeah. I waited and I waited and I waited. And he said, I got my chance. He said, the guards left his room and I walked into his room and he wasn't there. So I started searching around. He said, I went to the left side of the bed. He wasn't there. He said, I walked over to the right side of the bed, and there he was, curled up in a ball in the fetal position in the corner of his room. And the kid said, I didn't do anything. And I said to the kid, I said, you're my hero for not doing anything. And that was the first time that I realized that I had actually forgiven myself for what had happened. And when somebody's curled up in a ball in the fetal position in the corner of a room, that person is in pain and that person is suffering. And guess what? I'm not like I'm in a prison talking to 400 guys about how to, how to try and help them heal from their own past traumas. And so You know, it was just a really profound uh, moment in my life that helped me understand what forgiveness, you know, really was. And I needed to get there. And so I always say, you know, the two greatest lessons that I've learned in my life have come in the prison system, because the first thing they taught me was compassion. And then the second thing they taught me was forgiveness.
1: Wow, Theo. I literally feel like chills up and down like my body right now from you sharing that. I just had this word flash into my head and this philosophy, forgiveness is ultimately freedom. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Forgiveness is freedom and you are free now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. It was, it was an amazing feeling. Like, and what was interesting, as those words came out of my b- mouth, like, you're my hero, like, I wanted to take them back. Wow. Because they I don't know where they came from, but they just came.
1: I feel like it was source flowing through you. You know, those yeah, moments, sure. it literally was those, yeah. those, those, those come to Jesus kind of life-changing, yeah. defining mm-hmm. moments. And source was like, this is what you need to speak right now. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I'm so grateful you shared that. Wow! Yeah.
0: You know, it's always a story that you know. I think really puts this whole process into its ultimate perspective.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Because, um, you know, I never, never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd ever get to forgiveness in my whole entire life. Yeah. You know, because I because I really wasn't thinking about it. Right. You know. The seed was planted by Kim but you know I I was still not really a willing participant right you know I was still fighting it and uh and so it took me going to this you know uh, the ultimate in willingness right yeah you know, the only, surrender the only
1: you heard. said it already the s-word like yeah. surrendering yeah. to it finally yeah, yeah. I'm very curious as to after that life-defining moment happened for you, how you changed or, or how it affected how you started to do things differently or did it in your life.
0: Yeah, it, it completely changed because, uh, you know, I have a lot more compassion and empathy now because I need, I need that to do this work, right? You know, if I'm helping somebody and I don't have compassion and I don't have empathy – I'm not going to be able to move them, you know, out of the space that they're in. Yeah. And so, so, you know, that's what I always say to people. If you don't have compassion in your heart, you can't help anybody.
1: I think a lot of people sitting out there right now are listening to you and your, you know, such powerful things that have happened in your life and how you've been able to, you know, personally overcome them. If someone... Really is just so frustrated with the space they're in, and they know they need to get healing happening for them, and they want to get to that place where they can forgive whoever ha- has abused them. And there's so much trauma involved, and all these feelings and emotions that are trapped in the body, as you've said. I mean, where's a good place to start?
0: Well, like I said, it happened for me. I got on my hands and knees, and you know, I just said, I can't do this anymore. I I need help, right? Yeah. And I, I always say the day that I asked for help was the day that I saved my own life. Mm. You know?
1: And- so would you say like people, like mm. it, even just to start, maybe people could get into like a prayer ritual yeah. or something like meditation ritual, like something. Yep. I'm just trying to make it tangible for people out there who are yep. listening to just start something, you know, just today to be mm. able to start doing something to, to help them start on that journey.
0: Yeah, when you get on your, when you get on your knees, that's, that's showing humility too, right? Yeah. And, you know, um, and, you know, I, I learned that in 12 step, you know, I had this grisly old AA sponsor, first thing he said to me, he says, get on your hands and knees tomorrow morning and pray.
1: Uh mm. I love that advice. I mean, in my own life too, I always say prayers of gratitude. Gratitude for me is like the prayers of gratitude to God, whatever you believe in. I mean, I don't judge Mm -hmm. others. Like personally, I just have my prayers of gratitude to God every single day of my life. The moment that I made that a habit, a daily ritual of mine, my life changed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's powerful. it's, It's, it's really simple, basic stuff, but You know, because there's so much stigma attached to prayer and meditation and yoga and all this stuff. You know, there's, you know, that's part of the reason why, uh, you know, we're so stuck. Yeah. Helping people, you know, with their mental illness that, you know, because, you know, for example, uh, every TV program is 24 minutes of actually the show. And the other six minutes are commercials and half of those commercials are about big pharma
1: mm-hmm.
0: that there's this magic pill you can take. That's going to make all this problems and issues go away. Well, no, it's not.
1: No, honest. it's a band-aid on a you bullet know. wound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, when you, when you say to somebody, like, just get on your knees and pray, they look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: Completely. It's like, it's this woo-woo kind of like, I mean, I even have to, I mean, clearly I don't mind discussing or diving deep in the woo-woo, but yeah, for sure. There's like, there's still people that I I try to almost forewarn, like, look, I'm all about the spiritual and it's going to get really woo-woo sometimes. But, you know, like I, I... I do believe that there's a balance in everything. And I think just as much as, you know, science stuff is is valid, so is spiritual. And I think the moment that you, whatever it looks like, and I think that's, again, going back to that toolbox, which you and I have our own toolboxes, you know, a lot of similar tools. But if people can start to fill that toolbox with things that work for them, um, it's really just a matter of finding ways to connect to yourself deeper.
0: Yes, that's it. Really? That's it, because because at the end of the day, you know, all you have is you.
1: Amen. Right? And that's the thing. That's not to say, like, you could have the best relationship in your life with a partner. You could have your kids. You could have your family. But I always say this. I always, always, always go back to, and this is where the whole life cheerleader concept came up, you ultimately only have yourself at the end of the day. And if things are not right with you, First off, there's no way you're going to be able to show up for anyone else fully. But more importantly, you're not going to be in your best state. Like you have to start from the source, which is you.
0: And if you don't love yourself, guess what? You can't be in a relationship and love
1: somebody else. Amen. You can't pour from that empty cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. Like it's just that to me is such a simple saying, but it's so true. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why divorce rates are what in the 60 percentile now because you have all these traumatized people who think that by getting in a relationship with somebody else that that person is going to save them or heal them or whatever it is well no it's not you know it's just going to escalate you know all of your traumas and so you know the, the man's trauma and the women's trauma end up, end up becoming the core of what the relationship is all about.
1: Totally. And I mean, there is something to be said, I, I do believe relationships are the best mirrors to show you yourself, because mm-hmm. there's things that you honestly just can't discover until you're with someone else. But that being said, if you're constantly finding yourself in these patterns of unhealthy relationships, chances are it's because you haven't healed the relationship with yourself enough to even be able to be in that union with somebody else.
0: It's so true.
1: I love it. I love this. Oh man, Theo, the vibe is flowing. I love it. I'm really curious cuz you're you're into so many things and you have so many talents and so many interests. What you're actually curious about right now in the world?
0: Well, I'm wondering why we gravitate towards traumatized leaders.
1: Okay. Why, Ooh, I like this. Tra- Please dive into that
0: more. Why traumatized leaders have the most followers right now
1: what is your philosophy on it or your theory why do you think it is
0: well it's a lack of personal power right you know and i think if you know you look at putin's story you look at trudeau's history you look at trump's history hillary clinton's history you know if you look at all of their histories well there's and especially as children.
1: Yeah. Like
0: their parents were never were never there for them. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, now they become these big powerful people and now they want to control other people. Well hurt people, hurt people, right? Yeah. And so that that's exactly what's transpiring here in the world is that, you know, there is no compassion, there is no empathy, you know, it's all about power and greed. That's it. It's Mm -hmm. all, it's it's what it's all about, and tremendous egos.
1: I guess i I really am curious then, because to me, it's all about solutions. So if if you're seeing these patterns, because it sounds like obviously you've looked into their childhoods, their past, and whatnot, Mm -hmm. and just this philosophy of gravitating towards people who are hurting themselves. I mean, what does an ideal situation look like as a solution to you? Like, how, what would if you could have things shift in a way right now? What would that look like to you?
0: Well, <laughs> you know, uh, the thing about ego is if you're a if you're a, if you're a person who leads with ego, mm-hmm. what happens? What happens? Eventually, everybody hates you. Yeah. Okay. Eventually, everybody resents you, despises you. And you know, hate you, but if you lead com- with compassion and empathy and love, you know, all these you know, love, and you know, everybody's equal, uh, the world has an incredible amount of abundance, and that you know, we don't, uh, you know, there's no reason why the world should be in the state that we're in, but but could we? because we have a bunch of traumatized leaders, this is what, this is exactly what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. The psychology behind it really fascinates me as well.
0: Yeah. And no, nobody ever talks about this. Stuff.
1: No, that's what, that's why that's why nobody. it really intrigued my interest when you, when you said that, because most people, I mean, I've never, just certainly a first on paper paradise podcast, uh, as far as when I ask people what they're curious about and, Mm, I love that you're so authentic and transparent. It really, what it is that you're feeling and thinking, and it's like you're very unfiltered. You're very composed, but very unfiltered in just sharing. And I love that about you, Theo.
0: Well, and ultimately, isn't that where we're we're supposed to be? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm tremendously flawed, tremendously flawed. But what I'm doing is I'm discovering why I'm tremendously flawed, so that I can change that and you know uh being involved in the biggest epidemic on the planet i have to figure out these things
1: this is a day and time for sure like to to really be able to tune into what your purpose is and to really be a leader because there is so much fear and there's so much chaos going on especially literal times in the world Mm -hmm. and so to be able to step into your personal power would you say it would be a fair assessment to say that you literally In order to really hone in on your power you need to step into your pain first
0: yes there is no question you know but everybody is so afraid of what they look like you know what they say all that you know i've never been one of those people right i just i don't know for whatever reason i just tell it like it is
1: yeah you speak you speak your truth
0: and, you know, I, I just wish more people were, were able to do that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll tell you another amazing story.
1: Say it. I love your stories. Please share.
0: So so we were doing a conference in Calgary, a one-day healing conference. Kim, Kim and I were doing a healing conference. And, you know, Kim is also incredibly vulnerable too. And so we created this amazing safe space in this conference. And so... You know, we opened up the floor for people to either comment or have questions or whatever, right? So this guy stands up and he says, uh, you know, I just want everybody to know that I've never in my entire life felt this safe. And he said, I've been carrying a secret around for a very, very long time. And he said, I sexually abused my sister for five years. And what happened was there was three or four women who were in the audience who'd been abused by their brothers who got up, walked over, and embraced this man.
1: Wow.
0: And so that's the kind of healing that needs to happen in the world.
1: Wow. That's a huge, powerful moment of forgiveness on so many levels. Yeah. Oh.
0: And so, you know, you want to, you ask me why I get out of bed. Well, I get out of bed for that. I get out of bed for that. Yeah. Right?
1: There's... That's profound purpose. You're living on purpose. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's like if we don't get to that place, you know, we're going to see more of the same.
1: Yeah. I I think it would be a cool experiment right now just because everyone's tuning in and what a candid, beautiful conversation we have flowing. Can you share something that you would consider yourself having failed at Theo? Oh God,
0: where do I start? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, you know, uh,
1: or, and, and also also with this question I wouldn't call it. That,
0: wouldn't call it oh, you
1: called the auditor. I literally you read my mind. I was gonna say yeah. now part of this question usually somehow, everyone I interview, you can also explain what the word failure even means to you. Because it's it it's mm-hmm. a very different meaning to every person I ask.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I, I did I haven't failed at anything because I'm I'm not dead yet. Mm. You know, I think, you know, we we can continue learning until we stop breathing. And so maybe something that looked like failure to some people, I still have the opportunity to go back and repair that piece.
1: Absolutely. I, I look at it the same way. It's like I'm either winning or I'm learning. I don't really I don't really believe in the word failure. It's kind of a trick question <laughs> to be honest, but I'm always curious to see how people are going to react to that one. I love your well, philosophy. I would, I would
0: I would think a lot of people get triggered by that word. Yeah. You know, it's like how many people get triggered by forgiveness?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Right. But you know, whatever it means to you is whatever it means to you, right? You know, I'm I'm not here to judge. I'm here to guide and you know, use these stories
1: that I have, right? Yeah. You know, sharing your story yeah. is so powerful. I'm really wondering because you're all about I love that you said this in the beginning of our talk, retraining your brain. Is there a limiting belief that you currently have or had mindset-wise that you overcame? and can you talk a little bit about the mind component here
0: yeah well kim told me almost from the first conversation that we had that that i could rewire my brain and i was like wow never even thought i could and she said yeah i can i can teach you how to rewire your brain and then i was like okay i'm all in
1: you're like, I am, I am not leaving her side for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, That's a powerful yeah. thing to say to someone on in a first conversation. I love that.
0: Well, basically, you know, I snuck into uh, a speaking engagement that she had because we were both speaking at the same conference, and I snuck into the back of the room, and as soon as she was done speaking, I went up to her and I said, uh, hey, you, uh, you just changed my life, and, I said, I think you'll be working with me for the rest of yours. I said to her, and you know, that has come to fruition. And, you know, you know, we all have a list of what, two to five people that, you know, are on speed dial when we're struggling. Yeah. And she's one of those people, right?
1: That's amazing.
0: I, I, I'm designing a coaching program right now where, you know, uh, I'm going to, move my platform online and you know, what better time than
1: during a quarantine Theo? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly, and so you know one of the 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 bullet points is you know you got to have two to five friends where you know when you're struggling you know you absolutely have to pick up the phone and call one of those people every single
1: day. Oh, amen. That is such a... Be- oh, that check, is such a- To check in. Yeah. That's such an amazing... Right. I always say, you are who you surround yourself with. Whether you want to deny that or not, you end up becoming yep. who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And you need to have your own little... Like, yes, I, I'm going to speak from my own personal experience. I am a life cheerleader, so many like you are as well. But I have my own little pack of cheerleaders behind me too.
0: Yep. Yeah, and those people you know you don't want people that co-sign your bullshit.
1: Ugh, right?
0: right? You want you want people that call you out.
1: Yeah, you want the people who are going to tell you the straight up you don't even care if you like it or not, like bare bones truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, if you, or, you know, what I always say is addicts and alcoholics are really good at collecting enablers. We collect
1: them, Yeah, for right? sure
0: and so and so the more enablers we have the longer our behavior can last right but eventually we make all the enablers sick right and then the enablers have to go away and take care of themselves which then we are left
1: it's a no win situation this is why i did my second podcast on boundaries that's what is necessary. You need people, these cheerleaders that I think you and I are talking about, these two to five people, which again, I think is an amazing element for you to have in your new uh, coaching program. I think it's, it's, it's such a simple yet profound way to change your life. When you have these kind of people who are not willing to put up with your BS and who are only willing to tell you the straight up truth, but they also are those people in your life who will have their own set of boundaries to go, you know what, I'm not going to put up with you if you're going to treat me like this, because ultimately that teaches you to also have to have personal boundaries as well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, my friends are guys that we can go on a one hour long walk and not say one word to each other.
1: Mm.
0: Right. Yeah. Because sometimes you just got to be, completely you don't always have to you don't always have to you know be flapping your gums you know and you know my friends are guys that you know we don't necessarily talk all the time but you know when I do pick up the phone and call they're always on the other end and that's to me what true friendship is all about
1: oh I love that you they shared get- that I really love that you is shared that,
0: that. is that they don't get they don't get butt if they don't hear from me for yeah.
1: And yeah, you always have to pay respect. And I always say the gratitude again, going back to the pairs of gratitude, you always have to give gratitude for those people who are there for you. And most of the time you find out who your true, you know, friends or people are in your mm-hmm. life when you're not going through your, you know, unicorn, fairy, happy times. It's the people that are really Stepping up for you when you're in your lowest of lows. That's in my experience, anyways. That's who you really see. It's not about like you know, prove to me you're my good friend, but it's just in my life. I value the people who have shown me time and time again that no matter what kind of Mandy I am that day, they're you always going to go. Always going to be you're there, gonna there for heal
0: me. in relationship, right? That's why I. That's why I call myself a relationship. Trauma relationship
1: totally.
0: is because I was hurt in relationship, and how am I going to heal in relationship? Yeah.
1: Uh, full circle. I, I like to say I, I, I'm a big writer and a proponent of quotes, and I love writing quotes, and one that came to me, and I think you'll truly resonate with this one, Theo, is we're all just yeah. wounded children and walking around trying to the, adult.
0: And trauma is the string which binds us all together.
1: Absolutely, I mean, really, and that's why I think I've come to a place of compassion for every person I cross paths with. Because ultimately, I don't know that anyone is really a void of any sort of trauma, especially in the younger always, years. It's very rare to come across anymore that I've seen nowadays.
0: I did a TED someone talk who hasn't in ex- and
1: experienced said,
0: that. You know, I'm going to qualify every single person in the room as trauma survivors by saying, if you have parents, you've experienced trauma in your life. And that,
1: <laughs>
0: and, and that
1: is such a you know, powerful statement. Not wow. Blaming
0: anybody because we're doing the best we can with what we have, right? And if we knew, and if we knew better, we'd do better.
1: Yes. But, you know,
0: nobody's immune from experiencing trauma. We're all going to experience it at some point in our life, right?
1: Completely. Completely. So it's just a, it's just a matter of, and that's what I say. Everyone's on their, you know, it's just the only difference between one person yeah. and the next is how yeah. far along they are in their healing us in process.
0: Emotional <laughs> really. And, right? and so, mm. so pain and suffering, what's that called? It's called mental health. Okay. And so how do we deal mm. with this emotional pain that's left behind from the trauma? Well, we tend to gravitate towards the dark side of life and we get involved in addictions because it's a coping mechanism and a numbing agent for our emotional pain and suffering. But eventually we come to that place where we gotta make a choice. Completely Am I gonna die or am I gonna live? And I would say the majority of people wanna live. And so if you wanna live, well then you gotta you gotta go down that path of healing.
1: What would you recommend for people out there who are like, oh man, like I'm so resonating with you, Theo? what kind of support or resources are available, whether it's your personal recommendations and feel free to plug your stuff right now <laughs> or other, you know, other support or resources that people can turn to mm. literally like right well, the after they finish listening to our podcast, therapy, together.
0: which I told you earlier, because I think the therapeutic world has sort of priced themselves out of the market. And so, you know, yeah. I would, I would always suggest find a group of people that you know you can you can go and hang out with on a one once a month or twice a month or whatever because you know the biggest thing that trauma leaves us with is it leaves us with this feeling of being alone in our pain and suffering. Right? And so the best thing you can do is plug yourself into a group of people. Plug yourself
1: into a group of people. You
0: guys meet once a month and you sit down and you you know throw it out there and that costs nothing you know what's a cup of, what's a cup of coffee 250 not 250 dollars yeah. like it costs to go see a professional you know um you know and then you know immerse yourself and just finally like, you know use the prayer stuff use the meditation stuff use the breathing exercises use the yoga classes you know the exercise go to the gym You know all of these things that don't necessarily are going to break you. You know financially, yeah. Because nobody, nobody taking care of you in body, mind, and spirit really well, right?
1: Yeah, I could see how so many, and that's the thing. So many people turn to either externals or they, they actually, Mm -hmm. they distract themselves or even make other people the addiction. So I know we talked a lot about friendship. I'm really wondering what your thoughts are on what a successful relationship looks like to you at this point in well, your life.
0: One void of conflict, <laughs> you know, one that's void of <laughs> drama, uh, you know, compassion, empathy, forgiveness, you know, all of these things, you know. I just think that when you, when you find your, you know, your higher being or your higher, or, you know, write it down, like Write down what, what, what is my ultimate relationship look like? And then you're putting that out to the universe, right? And the, and the universe always will come back with an answer, especially if you're Uh awake, you know, we're not awake. We're not awake. You know, stuff
1: just Absolutely. keeps going
0: bias and bias and bias and that lesson just keeps coming and coming and coming.
1: That's a that's an amazing exercise for people to do out there. I honestly think everyone should at some point, and I've done this myself in the past, written down a list and it's not not so much as, you know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, I mean, some people can write, you know, five pages of these specific items they want in a partner. I'm not saying to go overboard like that. Mind you, if you want to, great. But I think it's important more than anything, what you just yeah. described, I think it's kind of the yeah. negotiables yeah. and non-negotiables, because ultimately those are like your boundaries, right?
0: Because everybody's flawed. Yeah. Right? Everybody's and I think that's it.
1: Yeah. And
0: so, you know, what are you willing to totally. put up with and what are you willing not to
1: put up with? completely. Okay, Theo, we've gone over so much, and I love love the way this is flowing. I'm going to get into quickie time now. If you had to recommend one book, obviously aside from yours, that could positively oh, change Lord. someone's life, huh. what book would it be?
0: One book. The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. I used it in one of my early and why that sessions when I was early in the process, and there was some profound things that... You know really made sense to me. It was all about you know getting uh, getting to the place of being of living in the now as opposed to, you know, what do they say? They say living or thinking about the past is depression and thinking about the future is anxiety. And so you know, if i if I live in the now, then I'm eliminating depression.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I, I'm a huge fan of the book too. And I love mm-hmm. that you brought that up, especially today of all days. I think a lot of people could benefit from, from that philosophy. What profession other than your own? So let's just go with, you know, the coaching at this point, love to be if you golfer. were not doing coaching, what other profession would you attempt? That's my meditation. That's <laughs> really my meditation. golfing. That's it. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. think you probably, there's a lot of people out there who'd resonate with that answer. Uh, now, uh, now Theo, on a scale of 1 to ten, one being very meh normal and 10 mm. being, like, full-blown unicorn, oh, geez,
0: I'm <laughs> how weird are seven. you? Mm-hmm. And I'm staring at a unicorn right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how fitting. If you could have lunch with oh, one person, God. dead or alive, who Fire would been...
0: woods. Yeah, but no, Oh, I wow. Wanna, okay, so you're really
1: into strong. the golf. I love it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I operate in the same way. I mean, on the sentimental mm-hmm. side, I mean, I've, I've been asked this question, too, in interviews of things, and there's definitely my sentimental answer, and then I go full mm-hmm. throttle to the other end yeah. of, like, healing and self, self-progression self mm-hmm. and all that stuff, so that's really interesting you said that. Um, do you have any guilty, guilty pleasures?
0: pleasures? Uh, Well, golf
1: shoes. Oh, do you have a collection?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I probably have a hundred pair.
1: <laughs> what? Theo, mm-hmm. you have over... and and an outfit to
0: match every wow
1: okay yeah that's definitely a guilty pleasure what Mm -hmm. do you just have a golf golf fashion closet closet in your home
0: all golf clothes (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) wow i love that oh my goodness that's a first again on paper i've never had anyone answer with that and if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. what would Mm -hmm. it be italian food Do you have like a a favorite dish?
0: Uh, Chicken parm.
1: Chicken parm. Oh, amazing. Italian seems to be a popular answer. Most people say something, whether it's pizza, pasta, or, you know, something in that realm. It's kind of funny to see all the pattern. (laughs) All right. Now, winding it down, what's something that you're Uh, most excited about coming up for you?
0: You know, I think I'll be able to touch and have an impact on more people.
1: And and do you want to share a little bit more about that for people who are interested in that, um, who are listening?
0: It's a five-step process to overcome trauma. And so I will take you through the process of, you know, these five steps that'll get you to, you know, a place where, you know, you do have compassion and, you know, all of these things, forgiveness will go down that road, you know, and then we'll, we'll set up a plan for you for, you know your daily routine that helps you, um, you know manage, you know whatever it is you're feeling or going through.
1: For everyone listening out there, I'll put a link below in the show notes.
0: Thinking beginning of May will we'll be when it's ready. So, um,
1: I'll put the link to your website regardless because I know you have your books yeah. and there's a number of things people can can take away as far as resources and. Um, depending on when someone's tuning into this interview that we're doing now, you know, they maybe they'll they'll. It's past that time when you've launched things that I they can pick bunch up from of you. Correct. On
0: YouTube and uh, you know our website's very interactive and great. So yeah, there's lots of and I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all those things. So you know I'm always around. So if somebody is you know desperately needing uh, help immediately, uh, you know, reach out and I will get back to you probably ASAP.
1: Oh, I love that about you. You know, no matter what you experience or, or what you accomplish in your life, you're, you're just so down to earth. And I I love that you have no, you know, no, um, really, I mean, the word would be ego about yourself. And I really, really respect that about you. I'm very curious because this is pave your paradise podcast. What does paradise mean to you? How would you personally uh, define the, the word paradise? I have with myself, well, I, 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 I just think. Do you want to go into that, or like just leave it at in that? Your own
0: skin, because <laughs> I was never comfortable in my own skin. Um, you know, now that I'm comfortable in my own skin, um, you know, like I said, the world is my oyster. I I've been able to have the biggest impact on you know the subject in which I'm dealing with on a daily basis because I decided to have a relationship with myself. And if I didn't go down that road, I would be still drinking. I would, you know, I think, you know, I would have died a bitter, lonely, desperate, old man, bitter, angry, frustrated, you know? So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And you chose not to, you chose to rise above. And now you're a leader in this world and a light to so many. And I just, I guess I wonder, how can I in the audience, a listener, serve you? You're, you're such a proponent of giving back and serving the communities that you Find visit. How can Find we help voice. you in the highest way?
0: Yeah. Don't be silent. Don't, you know, I, I, on my travels, all I see is pain and suffering. And I truly believe that that is, unnecessary and so you know I always tell people find your voice tell your story it's your story you get to tell it whatever way you want you know and I really believe that the first step in the process is finding your voice and saying hey you know I was raped 150 times by my coach and you know I watched my parents fight and argue and scream at each other twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So, you know. And what I realized is that I'm not the only experience I'm not the only person in the world who hasn't experienced rape and I haven't ex I have experienced, you know, parents who are struggling with, you know, their own shit. So, you know, use your voice. And and when you do, you know, that's the first step in the process.
1: Mm. Thank you so much for that. And the best yeah, place Theo to find Flurry you to learn life. more about you and what you do? theoflurry.life mm-hmm.
0: I'm at theoflurry14 on all platforms. Yeah.
1: Amazing. Theo, I and everyone listening I'm sure feels so much gratitude and we're pouring so much love and light into you right now for being on the podcast, for sharing your personal journey and story of tragedy basically to triumph. And I just personally want to say, you know, I learned so much in just hearing you share your story. So I'm going to invite everyone listening out there, you know, even if it's a little bit of something you've been holding on to, please follow in Theo's suit and maybe share, share with somebody else today. You know, try to, try to make someone else's day first off with that intentionality that you have Theo, which I love. Just change someone's day for a in a positive way and also just share a piece of yourself.
0: You do that. Uh, you know, the world would be a better place.
1: Mm. Well, you've made my world and everyone listening today, you, their world, a better place. Thank you so much, Theo. Great. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. If there's anyone you know who you think could benefit from hearing today's episode, it would mean the world if you'd share it with them. Love what you heard? Then please subscribe. If you really love what you heard, then please leave a review with your honest and loving thoughts. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. If you feel called to, please make contributions to my podcast fund that helps me to keep it going strong, bringing on amazing guests for you, and to continue the ripple effect of spreading goodness in the world. I appreciate you, your time, and your energy, and I love hearing from you, so drop me a line on social media. As always, I'm wishing you a positive day and your own piece of paradise. Until next time, sending you love and light, and keep shining.